All right, all right, all right. So welcome to this 11th episode of Warrior Week, Parables from the Pit. My guest today is Dr. Buffington, graduates of Warrior Week 27 and graduate of Warrior Week 39, certified trainer here inside of the game of Warrior, and as well as known in his community as El Buffingtinos. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up? I don't know where you dreamed up that name, but I'm afraid it's going to stick. <laughs> <laughs> it just came to me today on the show. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably uh, never going away. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Um, so we're here talking about conversations from the pit, and uh, and Dr. Buffington's story is actually an interesting one to hear. Um, Dr. Buffington's son also has been part of the experience here at Warrior X and has been uh, supporting us inside of our uh, conventions at Warrior Cons. Um, and uh, Dr. Buffington's leadership uh, led his son to be inside of this as well and living the Warrior's way. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Dr. Buffington. So Dr. Buffington was living the life and uh, you kind of you kind of cross path with this crazy character, Michael Isom. Um, the first guy that actually believed in, in Warrior and believed in Garrett. And uh, you wrote across each other and you become friends. And what happens from there? Yeah, well, that in itself was kind of amazing how it all worked out. But once we uh, connected and friends, Michael actually called me one night and said, hey, you should, uh, <laughs> this is a common theme you probably hear. Uh, you ought to check out this video. Now, at the time, we, were, we were, had become closer and closer as friends but uh you know to society's standards and probably the outside looking in there wasn't really any great need for me to do anything different everything looked good so it was kind of interesting that michael reached out obviously he was seeing things i couldn't see at the time and asked me to check out this video which at the time was the uh, black box and uh, that's what i did so you i remember that weekend where we launched the black box we launched it to 100 Hundred men, and inside of that, there was a conversation of the doctrine of the warrior that was being exposed to the outside for the first time. Uh, for a man to have access to that, he had to definitely come in and experience Warrior Week prior to the black box. The black box opened the gate, and what is today the black book, which is basically the doctrine of the warrior's way, which is now accessible to every man to to understand. But back then, this goes back, I believe, three years ago, two years, three years ago. Yeah, that was the end of 2015. There we go. Three, uh, three or two years ago, back then, we were very protective of the information and the content. And there was a reason for it because uh, it was not time yet to open it up to uh, what needed to be accessible um, for majority of men. And, and so we were where we were, and it was an emotional journey for us. So that, that information led you to Warrior Week 27. Um, talk to me about how you end up in Warrior Week 27 and what was your experience inside of 27. What happened to Buffington? What happened to your life um, after 27? Well, 27 in itself, I, I really, uh, at that time, things were done differently. I, I went in really with a lot of faith in Michael and trusting him and then of course diving into parts of the doctrine it all made sense um, on a surface level but going into that event I remember that day you know a lot of anticipation a lot of you know even some anxiety involved and in, in what was going to take place and about the first 
five to ten minutes, um, <laughs> reality immediately started to shift for me. And uh, I, you know, <laughs> you can dive in there as deep as you want, but the, but I, but I was immediately exposed for a lot of cracks in in the armor that I perceived that I had, or maybe everybody else out there in the world thought I had, as to how I did things and and what I was doing well, what I wasn't doing well, and just. Um, a whole different perspective was was quick to uh, end up on my doorstep. As uh, so, let's talk about that, right? Because we're we're gonna also get into thirty nine and the next level. But uh, let's talk about the armor specifically as a doctor, right? Analytic mind. You've built an armor most of your life that was not to harm, but that was to somehow do good and protect. What specifically you learn about the armor and how it was serving you then? First of all, describe this armor in more specific terms about your life. Like what, what, what was it exactly when it comes to your wife, your kids, everybody else? Like you, your character, like how you would be perceived in society. And then talk to me what, what cracked in that armor that needed to fucking get cracked. Well, I think the first thing that stood out is, again, I had always been uh, someone at least to <laughs> everyone else's standard and what they saw from me, uh, a good guy. You know, I was a good guy doing pretty good things, um, many times above average things, whether it was high school, college, et cetera, and getting to that place and then getting to my, my current marriage and uh, kids, et cetera. But the reality of it is, as Sam was saying, I use my logical brain all the time. It was constantly in control of me, and I was so uh, in such a need of acceptance and appreciation and all these things from every everyone else that I just really kind of fell into this mode of um, doing, you know, what what I thought everyone wanted me to do. And in essence, that armor, while it served me to a certain point, I, I got to this point in my life where it was no longer going to serve me or that was starting to be exposed that it would no longer serve me to be anything more, to be anything greater. And I could continue to remain in that shell and fall in line, be politically correct, do what I was kind of told, what I was expected to do, uh, and really, really not do, in my eyes at the time, not do a whole hell of a lot more. So today in our other training, you took part in our other training in our studio. And when we opened up this, this conversation of the healer and the transformer, and inside of that, I've, I've, I've dropped in the fact that if, you're, you're, if most of your life you're caught up being a good man, right? If you're just caught up with being a good man and not really focusing on being good at being a man, and then you're pretty much a well-behaved fucking slave. And well so inside of that, when you look back at your life, which was, hey, man, I'm just being a good man. Versus what happened after 27 and transcending to 39. And now, ultimately, every single morning getting up and playing the game of being a good fucking, being good at being good man. Right. And and being a good man changed because being a good man was kind of like when I was younger. It was like being a good boy, again, falling into the rules and regulations and everything, again, which served to a certain point. Um, so I don't regret some of that time, but it, it 
as an adult, I really use the term of being a slave. You know, I literally put myself in a prison, um, in, a, in a prison that I literally walked into the cell and slammed the door and threw the keys out of my own reach um, unknowingly at the time. You know, again, I thought I was doing the right thing. thought yeah. I was being a good guy. Now, that began to kind of fall apart, and you go, you know, I'm uh, everybody else, uh, f- first and foremost, myself, I was the one suffering. You know, and I was suffering in silence. Uh, no one knew it. Uh, you know, had a good practice, had a good life, had a good wife, had you know some some financial s- uh, stability, all those things that everybody thinks they want. Yet I still felt trapped. So this feeling of of not really feeling any immediate pain, but yet there is an existing of pain far behind what you can feel immediately. Right. So. Maybe in your case, this pain was was boredom. Maybe in, the, in 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 your case, the pain was a lack of fucking clarity, or like not understanding the meaning of purpose, purpose of life. It's just not 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 getting it right. Being there for your kids and being there for your wife, and ultimately not understanding where this is going as an alpha kind of fucking bothers you and say, okay, how the fuck can I take control of this thing? Because I feel like I'm just going with the flow. And it's not a bad flow, but I'm going with the flow. So you come into 27, your world gets shaken a bit. You enter into an experience of living the warrior's way for a year and you experience growth. You experience growth in your business. You experience growth in your relationship. Um, But deep down inside... There are still issues in your life that are robbing power from you daily, daily. And so warrior helps you to deal with that. But there has been a pain that was not processed. There was a there was there was this there was this fear, almost this anxiety or questions that were not fucking answered that led you to come and knock at the door at worry week thirty nine. And specifically before uh, t- before 39, between 27 to 39, your son came to Warrior X10 and he went through his own experience. Um, and you've gone through hell, man, like through fucking hell for your son. And you will and you'll continue to go all the way in. I want you to take some time and just tell the story because... There are many fathers out there that are just like you. They just want to fight for their son and for the daughters. But at one point, alone, you almost hit a fucking wall. Like you don't even know how to go further because you feel that the show has just stopped. So, like, take us back through this experience and how does that changed you as a man, but more importantly, as a leader? You've taken fucking ownership to lead your son versus the delegation to all the organizations that exist out there, the church, the schools, you know, the, the therapists or whatever you want to call them, right? You've taken fucking ownership in that. And I want you to talk about that because precisely... That's what being good at a man is, is taking ownership of your goddamn fucking responsibility and stop fucking delegating it. Yeah, and I would 
I would probably even back it up now that you mentioned that, Sam, yeah. as to whenever this all started. And uh, and I know Drake would be cool with me uh, talking about this so it could serve someone. But so, you know, Drake got into a situation where he was struggling with uh, some addiction, and that was putting it mildly. H- having been pretty buttoned up and having my life be so um, good from all standards when when that throws a wrench in everything and it literally got to a point for me prior to warrior um and as i was you know the timelines even become fuzzy but it was just before warrior and again i was still telling myself the story even before 27 that this is all good you know shit happens um we'll just keep moving but i literally couldn't show up uh at home i could not show up for my two other boys i couldn't show up for my wife paige uh, and I remember times where I was going into my practice and I was seeing a, a high volume of people and serving them well all day. And then I would come home and say a facility or a therapist or a whatever. I mean, the list was long of uh, people would call me. I could not even get on the phone. I literally couldn't hold a conversation. I, I And I'm not talking about how I didn't want to. I'm talking if anyone got on the phone, I could not speak. Hmm. I was so so wound up and uh, distraught and upset about everything going on for Drake, I just couldn't function. Well, you can imagine how that started to work on the rest of the family, how it worked on Paige. Um, you know, Paige ended up getting sick. There was, uh, there was a mountain of shit that just kept building up. And I had no ability to show up with any any form of power in the conversation at all for him from and, and forget him I couldn't show up for myself yeah so I could go and do these things that I'd always done uh, technically and make that happen but it was all the wheels were falling off now fast forward uh, through those processes and through living the warriors way and, and through doing the work you know, those things started to shift in the way that I was able to show up for Paige and my boys at home and most importantly for Drake uh, changed changed drastically. So let's talk about life, right? Like, this is real life. This is real conversation. And there is a doctor right now sitting here and listening to this or watching this and listening to this that lives this. Lives what you lived, which is here's the life that looks good on the outside. The nice car, the nice house, beautiful family, the practice, everything seems to be working really well. The respected doctor in society, in the community. And yet, adversity hits, and it hits hard, right? And it takes your son to places that no, no son should go. But, but it's just adversity and life. It shows up, knocks at your fucking door, and takes your son into a dark place. And so at first, you begin to deal with it, with whatever tools and knowledge that you have available to you. And that doesn't work. Then you begin seeking some help and and do the best that you can in order to figure out, well, if I can figure out, I cannot figure out alone who out there can help me figure this shit out. And that doesn't work. And then you come back again and say, well, I got to take care of this. Like, I got to own this thing. But you sit down in this fucking dark place 
and you're like, this is what I want to fucking do, but yet I'm so fucking paralyzed. Like, I don't even know what to do. I, like you said, I can't fucking even answer the phone. My tongue is fucking paralyzed because my mind is so occupied on this problem. And I just don't know what to do. That I don't have, I like, it, it's, I can't really feel, man, what you felt because I've never been there. But I can only recall to the feelings of guys that I've dealt with inside of Warrior Week and inside of this game. And especially you, because I was there at Warrior Week 39 with you. And I, I feel the pain, but I could never, ever, ever feel how deep this pain was because here you're sitting and you're paralyzed because you can't even help your own son, not because you don't want to, but there, there, is, there is nowhere to fucking go, literally nowhere, nowhere to go. And that's what that's what addiction does. It it just it completely paralyzes the person and the person's loving the person. What was the pivoting point for you at at at, at one point when you actually found the light inside of this fucking dark room? Well, I think it it was a, a process and, and of course to to help keep my sanity, I literally just continued to do the work. I, I, I followed the daily regimen, the daily disciplines, and really began to live it. So it sounds cliche, but that's exactly what I did because, quite honestly, it was the only way I felt like I could keep living. And I even had a shot. And, I, and I've said this to him. I've said it myself. I've said it around here many times. Is if I didn't personally get myself in a position, he definitely had no shot. No shot. And the, the pivoting part for me is when I saw that I the, the, the fear that it was going to cost him his life became so great for me that I had no I had no choice. I had no fucking choice because I did come to the realization that it, it wasn't it wasn't going to be some miraculous thing. There was no check I could write. There was no one I could call. There was no. Uh, there was really no solution. Uh, while everybody did their best, it, it had to start with me. And once I recognized that and really went to work, you know, our whole conversation in our entire family changed. You know, the way that Paige noticed me handling things, uh, the conversations I had to have with my two little boys a lot earlier than I wanted to. Um, all the situations that came up that you don't plan out. That's not the way you write the script. That's not the chapters that you write in your own book. But that was reality, and that's what was in front of us. And I went from this guy who could not show up, who literally could not speak, could not open his mouth without just breaking down. I mean, it breaking down like a little ball baby. I mean, I, I felt <laughs> so low that I was unable to compose myself, even around my own house. Then shifting to where I actually felt power in it. Like, you know what? I'm, all of a sudden, the, the light began to turn. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to turn this around. You know, I'm, I'm in charge of my own life here. You know, God's given me gifts. He's given me opportunities. I know what needs to happen. And all I have to do is stay the course because I will outlast it. I will work harder than it. I will continue to push. And I'm going to force. I'm going to force one way or the other. I'm going to force a change. I am not staying here any longer. 
I cannot stay here. I will not stay here. And that was when it shifted for me. That, that, then to that point, I want to add that, like, this is not a fucking broken man. This is a powerful man, a doctor. In fact, I'm going to give, like, the exact data. Like, we've been talking about this in the past 23 years. You have 600,000 visits. 600,000 visits. 600,000 visits. You don't know when's going to believe that. <laughs> That's the data. What can I tell you? It's the data. Break it down to what? 180, 180, 180 visits a day. That's the data. And if you know anything about chiropractors that that's that's pretty that that this is a successful doctor this is an alpha sitting here yet paralyzed by this particular situation and so it's important to to like recognize that you you're not a fucking broken man you're a powerful man out of power a powerful man out of power not enough power to even like move your fucking tongue you carry the label of a powerful man, but deep down inside, you're out of fucking power. Barely can actually close your eyes to go to sleep. I, I rarely close my eyes to go to sleep. I spend every night from about 3 a.m. on on the guest room floor. Every night my wife got used to going to bed with me and then waking up with me not there. It was just a given. There was a So, yeah, sleep was rare. Uh, good sleep was next to impossible. And I remember... The very first time we talked um, in the interview, which was amazing to me, is it took you, uh, of course, not surprising where I sit now <laughs> that you could see it, but it took you literally five minutes to point out where I was leaking all my power, um, which I'm sure it was written all over my face and my voice and, and my certainty around it when you brought up family uh, because of this situation. So, um, yeah, that's where I was at. So then you as you as you as you shared here you begin shifting the focus on yourself and you'd start doing the work for yourself and you start allocating time for yourself you start allocating time to take care of your body you start allocating time to take care of your spirituality and connection with God you started allocating time to your family each member of your family to nourish those relationships and then you started allocating time to your business and growing it. And ultimately, you started saying to yourself that you matter. That, that was the conversation. Every morning, you would say to yourself, you matter. Now, I, I want you to understand that you were doing, and you know this, you were doing everything that was the opposite of everything that you've done most of your life. Just think about it. We all go in the uh, in the airplane, right? So we're sitting in the airplane, and and they come in and say, in case of uh, you know turbulence or whatever the fuck is going on, uh, you put your emergency mask first on, and then you put it on your kids and your wife. You're hearing this instruction, but in your head you're like, fuck that. I'm I'm putting it on my wife, my my son first anyway. So fuck you, bitch. Like that's exactly the dialogue that is going on. Like you're hearing it, but you're like, no way that that is what I'm going to do. If this shit goes down, my son is going to get first his fucking mask, then I'm putting it up, right? Right. That's the mentality, and that's exactly where you were. Totally. And now 
you're actually following the instruction, which is put your goddamn fucking mask first so you can breathe, bro. And then you breathe. And then you take a second breath. And then you feel yourself with power and power. And the more power you have, the more you can fulfill not only your son, but your wife and your other kids that were suffering all. There was a major sufferance. They were all suffering because of this situation. Not because of the addiction of your son, but because of the lack of presence of your power in the household. Yeah, not only lack of power. I mean, I just wasn't fucking there. <laughs> I was there in body, but I wasn't there in mind and spirit. I was, I was literally a shell that came home and, and uh, you know, kind of did the normal things, right? I, I mean, I, I came in, how was your day? All the normal bullshit went on, you know, with the kids, but it wasn't really connected, and they could feel that. Um, and I, I started just doing the simple things. I started carving out time for, you know, each individual, uh, son of mine, my young ones, of course, and, and dedicating that time to them, the time to Paige. And as you said, coach, you know, the time for myself, realizing that if I, again, I really believed that. And when it hit me, as I said earlier, when it hit me that without me, which without me has no shot now at first glimpse that seems like like an arrogant statement it seems conceited and that's what my logical brain that's what my training started to tell me like no be a good boy fall in line just you know you shouldn't take too much credit here you shouldn't take too much on you know everybody's got their own shit all of that and but but it became different and it wasn't like that it wasn't from a place of conceit or arrogance it was just a fact to me that without me, again, without the oxygen mask on me, everybody else dies. And so we talked about this morning when we talk about the fact that facts is not necessarily equal truths. And so the fact that was taking place is your, your son was having addiction issues. But the truth that you led, to, you led yourself to believe was that what the fuck? You know, why is this happening to my son? And you change that story multiple times. And each time you change the story, you got closer and closer to the truth. Fast forward to today. We're going to jump 39. We're going to come back. Fast forward to today. Where's that story? Like, what, what is the truth about your son today? Uh, the truth today at this moment is uh, he's working right now uh, at his job. He's... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm checking my watch. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's there. I know he's on time. I know he's doing his thing. He uh, He's sober for the longest period of time ever since he was 14 years old. And uh, he's getting healthier. He's actually doing the work. Our conversation revolves around uh, <laughs> some of the terms and phrases and, and really, again, the doctrine that we, we learn here in Warrior you know, our conversations, I literally just did a little check-in with him and, you know, you know, what's your positive, what's your positive focus for the day? How are you doing on your keys and all these things that some of these people listening may not even be familiar with yet, but it's totally changed our relationship. So he's doing well. That's the short answer is he's doing as well in my mind as he's ever been, period. And he's going to be here in the show with you in a, in a few weeks. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna hear from his side as well, um, but 
young man, good-looking guy, looks kind of like Michael Phillips, the same body. Uh, he said that he may pick up swimming. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think I think if he picks it up, we we could have somebody in the Olympics next year. I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, dude. Listen, I predict some shit, and most of it goes wrong. But this one, I think I'm right. So I'm just gonna leave it there in the universe. He's probably right now working, and he's like, "Bing! Oh shit! I just felt this fucking download. I must swim. Maybe, just maybe, right?" So coming back to where he is right now. You and him a couple of weeks ago had a, a, a conversation, a pivoting conversation, right? And and for the first time, and I was I was having lunch with you today and you were sharing the story, but the way you were sharing the story, you you had this sense of fucking pride telling the story. And it, it was it was awesome to just borrow that fucking power and energy from you. Uh, my son is seven, eight, and he's off, not that age, but to have your son making a life-changing pretty much decision and you sitting on the table and just being proud of the power he has in that decision talk to us talk talk to us about that and what led to that yeah what's crazy is this will this will definitely make it public so it'll make it easy on yeah. him. <laughs> i got no shame um but so he was following in my footsteps to some degree and he had been in chiropractic uh college really since the get-go he was way ahead i mean he came out of high school with nearly 30 credits or college credits so he was uh, ahead of the curve he was set to graduate when he was 24 um, initially and he went through these hiccups uh, and i'll call them hiccups now that's not what i would have called them then but uh, i'll call those those opportunities in in his life and the challenges that he went through bottom line he was halfway through school so he's halfway to his doctorate he's a smart kid he could do whatever he wants to do and he was halfway through the doctorate, and just recently he began to struggle as he was getting back in school, just being, being, uh, you know, not not really sure what he wanted to do. And the the old Michael and some that may even hear this that have known me before is like, you know, okay, my in my house, you know, you're, you're not going to quit something you start. It doesn't. I'm. It's just not going to happen. You're, you're going to follow through. You're going to do what you're supposed to do, whatever that is. You're going to follow the rules. Like I was talking earlier, the guy that just followed the rules. Yeah. Now, and, and rule following is not a bad thing. Um, so this isn't a good or bad conversation, but it's just something that didn't serve him any longer. So we we're able to have a conversation, which uh, you helped me with um, prior to. And just like, why do you want the degree? <laughs> and he was like, I, I I don't know. And I'm like, well, it shouldn't be because that's what I do. And uh, we, we dove deeper and I kind of presented not really options, but I was really giving him uh, perspective on other possibilities for him. I just wanted to expose some possibilities that he may not have considered. And in a matter of literally 30 minutes of a conversation at a Starbucks with him, and there's a lot of lead up to get to this point, he made a decision that it's just not what he wanted to do. And for me to be able to be in a position to be supportive of that, not upset about it, actually encouraged by it because I just want him to live his fullest life possible like every parent right you just want your kids happy you want them fulfilled you want them to you want them to excel at but at whatever they do it doesn't matter what they do so it was a it was a big shift in me to be able to have that conversation uh, being able to help him get more clear with it and uh, you know expose him to 
what I told him at the time is before he, he viewed himself, you, you want me to share that viewpoint? Sure. You know, cause they, share everything, man. You know, it was the, we sat down at the table and he's like, look, Dad, I'm 24 years old. I, I, I don't have shit. I have nothing to show for my time. I'm $160,000 uh, approximately <laughs> in student loan debt. Um, I'm just a fuck up. That's really what he felt. And out of that quick moment, I said, which again would have not have been my normal response. Yeah. I would have, I would have agreed heavily, and I'd be yeah. like, "You damn right, you know, you, you, you." I mean, I would have piled on that in yeah. years past. I would have beat the shit out of him, you know, emotionally, verbally, whatever, not physically, because he's a big kid. But you know, instead, I was like, "Well, well." wait a minute, what do you have to do? Because you've taken so many hours, what about your bachelor's? And he's like, yeah, I need to fill out a couple of little applications. I actually think I have two bachelor's. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so, so let's reframe this story. Yeah. So instead you're 24 years old and you've spent $160,000 on two bachelor's degrees and you're healthier than you've been ever uh, since adolescence. What, what, a big, what a big shift. You know, and and the thing is, so the facts were over here that he was playing out, and yeah. even me and many people in society would play out, are total bullshit to the facts I see. Sure. You know, and what when we talk facts versus truth, to me that's the truth. Correct. The truth is he's 24. He's got a, an entire life ahead of him. He's done great things. He's had more life experiences, trust me, than uh, most 48 year year olds. So, and I believe those are going to serve him. I believe his story is going to serve him. I believe everything that he's gone through is going to serve him because I, I don't believe in accidents. Just like it wasn't an accident that I went to Warrior Week 27. It wasn't an accident that I was back at 39. It wasn't an accident that he was X10. It, none of it has been an accident. It's been perfectly orchestrated to put me here today and put him working right now tonight. So, I mean, if, if you're sitting at home and, and you're watching this, listening to this podcast, and uh, you're hearing Michael's story, and you're hearing his, his challenge with his son, and basically you're hearing about Michael's feeling. This show is all about the truth. There is no pretending in this truth. In this show, we are not boxing certain information away so you can hear information that is going to motivate you or make you feel better. This show is a painful show because among what you're hearing, among what you are hearing inside of this conversation as Michael shares... There is painful truth that resonates. And so perhaps maybe you don't have a child that is struggling with addiction. But what is your child struggling with? How much do you know about your child's pain? What do you feel and see in your child? Forget the typical fucking checklist. Forget the typical to-dos and forget the typical ways that they're actually projecting from the outside. But from the inside, are you aware 
of the struggles of your child. And if you're out of power, and if you're stuck in your own goddamn fucking struggles, the answer is fucking no. Because you're just too stuck thinking about your goddamn fucking problems in business, at work, and doesn't give you that much time to see the struggle of your child. Good for you if you took him to the fucking baseball game. Good for you if you take him to his practice. Good for you if you take his, you help him take his bat. Good for you if you, if you help him make his room. Good for you if you help him make him breakfast. Good, 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 and fuck you. That's the checklist, bro. That is the checklist. You're not some goddamn fucking hero because you've gone through the checklist. You're not a good fucking dad because you've gone through the checklist. You're a great dad if you feel your child's pain and live in that place. Allow yourself to live in that place. That's where Michael lived for so many years. He lived inside of his son's pain to the point that it had paralyzed him. And in that place, he found out that the only way he can actually lead his son is for him to find the power that he must pass on to him. And how he found the power is simply by a daily routine that would take care of himself. The blueprint of this experience is not complicated. Listening to this, I'm not sharing this for you or to you so that you can go ahead and implement this right away. You will not be able. You will require an experience that will going to transform you, that is going to change the way you operate. Remember my example of being inside of the airplane and the host is saying that if anything goes wrong, you put the mask first on yourself, then on your kid and on your wife. You have been trained for so long to say fuck you to that story and say fuck you, bitch. I'm putting the fucking mask on my son and my kids first. For so long, you've been trained on this story because it's the right thing to do. It's morally the right thing to do. It's heroic to do that. You must sacrifice. You must take care of them first. But if you're left hungry and powerless, you won't be around to lead them. And ultimately, somebody else would take this leadership position. So, Michael, you come to... Worry week 39. Tell us why. Why, why worry week 39? Well, at the time I had opted in to a uh, certified trainer, I wanted to, you know, essentially go to the next level and diving in deep there. And uh, as part of that process, and it, <laughs> the, the real reason that I went in first or the reason I thought I was going in, the reason I thought I was going in is because well, it wasn't a require a requirement for me to go because I'd been in twenty seven. It was a compliance. It was a compliance issue. Yeah. Well, okay. it it wasn't a compliance, but it, what happened is I felt it like pulling at me that I could not uh, go in and guide men and actually help liberate men with I remember that certainty. I remember that without. Yeah, I didn't ever want anyone to question me that I had paid the price and I had done all the things necessary. Now yes. and and. Most importantly in that, I didn't want me to question me. Yes. I yes. needed the certainty to know that I had done what it took to 
have that title, if you will. But it wasn't about the title. It was about the ability to deliver for myself and for my family at an even higher level. And then those other men that also needed my help. Correct. And so you come, you came in, and then what did you find out? <laughs> well, I, I, I found out real quickly that, uh, yeah, there was a whole other layer. You know, there was a whole other layer of some guilt and shame. I don't even like those words. I've heard those words so much uh, at times, you know, it's like, eh, it makes me want to pull back. But I, but bottom line, that's what it was. And some of it had been covered up. And this was, this is stuff from 30 fucking years ago. 30 years ago. Fuck. And I swear, I, I don't think it had hit my brain probably for 28 years maybe 25 at best. I hadn't, hadn't even crossed my mind, and then boom. I, was, I wasn't even in the, I wasn't even at Warrior Week 39 yet. That was in the pre-work. Yes. It was in the pre-work, and it hit me in one of our uh, workups. It, it hit my, you know, it kind of came to me. The voice is, you know, spoke to me, and I was like, no, and I tried to blow it off. Yes. I tried to go right back to my logical brain. Yes. I tried to go right back to the situation of going, no, that's not it. That's not here. I, I really, I tried to put it back away again yeah. after all this time and deny it, deny it, deny it. And then it kept hitting me. Luckily, I've had enough experience here to like, okay, it's knocking on my door for a reason. I need to address it. And I did. And uh, so in the second night, actually first night, we're a week in the pit, uh, the pit came alive. And, uh, and, and you saw this memories of 28 30 years ago whatever whatever shit that's taken place that somehow has caused you to carry this this without even knowing that you're carrying like heaviness heaviness without even knowing that this is part of you but yet it is and it's affecting everything about your energy it's affecting everything about you as a man and it was a long night it, it was a long night. I mean, I, again, once it was exposed, I felt the weight of it. Once it was actually in, in front of me, um, I literally felt like I had somebody on my back. And the pressure or the elephant standing on your chest, it was right there. And then I started to link it all. And I started to link it to some of the things with my wife, Paige, and, and things that I carried into that relationship with her. I started to, to link it to things I had done with Drake and how I had operated with him. And all, of, and even my younger boys, and I, I looked at all the areas of my life that had become affected by this one, what I'm going to say, one event or one um, incident. Yeah, just incident in my life. One, 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 just one small chapter of my life, but in that chapter, it had really been affecting me for almost three decades. A goddamn fucking domino effect without knowing that you're even playing dominoes. I had no idea. All falling off and you thinking that it's what it's supposed to be. So you come, that night was a long night, painful night. You find the path to release the pain finally. And this has been a process. It wasn't an event. It was a process. Like you said, you, you felt it. The voice knocked at the door. You said, you got to look at this. You got to fucking process it. You find a way to process it. And then next morning in the mountains, your heart was open. And what did you download? Well, you know, it's a it's a simple statement, and it almost sounds cliche uh, to some degree. But 
I'll just paraphrase it this way, is that I actually came, no, you know, I didn't come to anything. I, I felt at a deep, more spiritual level that day for the first time that I can recall that, you know what, I, I'm, I'm enough. You know, I'm, I'm enough to show up to, to be the man. Not not be a good good not be a good man, but be the man. Yes. Be the man in my marriage. Be the man that leads my boys. Be the man that showed up for Drake. Be the man that that can find a way. That I have all the tools, all the capabilities, all the resources available and you know, God given to me to be the guy. Be the man. Be the man. A very interesting fucking topic. A very interesting topic of research. And to find the blueprint to how to be a man, so many have tried to guide us of to be a man. There has been religious organizations that have guided us men to be the men. There have been political organization that have led us to be the man that have been more other communities let's just call them that have been trying to influence and lead us to be the man and all it is, is being a man is simply finding yourself like finding who you are just who you are and who you've been all this time despite everything that happened to you and to me and the guilt and shame that we carry for years, and for some, we will continue to carry some because it just life goes on. Despite all this, inside of that, there is a conversation that takes place between me and the mirror, you and the mirror. And that says, today you are enough. And tomorrow, same conversation takes place. Because what the mirror says today is not necessarily what the mirror will reflect tomorrow. <laughs> and it requires work to be even seen in the mirror. Most men can't even fucking look themselves in the goddamn fucking mirror. To be able to even look yourself at the mirror requires courage, requires work, requires determination, requires willingness, requires you to go to fucking war for you before anybody else. Most people are ready to go to war for everybody else but themselves. Look yourself in the mirror today and from that place, to receive a message from the mirror that says I'm enough, man, that's power. That's power that you can take and put into page daily. Yeah, and it wasn't a matter of, uh, it's not look in the mirror and see that, um, hey, I've got this all figured out. Saying I'm enough is, doesn't mean I have it figured out. It actually sometimes can be the opposite. It, it, it's that I, I don't have this figured out, but I'm aware of it. I'm awake to it. I understand what's in front of me. And I understand that this is, for me, it's going to be a daily game. Now, maybe some guys have it figured out, but I know a lot of guys that their idea of being the man is not my idea of being the man. <laughs> now, this is not a bar topic. No. This isn't some, some show. Uh, and quite honestly, I'm not trying to get them to be the version of me. I'm trying to get them to be the best version of themselves and the same for me. But... The, so the, the be the man conversation, but that is a daily game. It's, it's not like that struggle is gone, but there's a whole nother level of awareness of being awake to it that, that, uh, that I have now. 
and and I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of that challenge. I'm not afraid of looking in the mirror anymore yes. and seeing what it says back to me. And it's crazy being the man because you got multiple categories. Being the man, you know, could be viewed as you know as 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 you making a lot of money or just ma- being in the financial side of the world, and that is a definition of being a man because you hold a lot of power, you hold a lot of money. Some others may see it being inside of a cage and fighting. Being a man is the guy that actually is able to beat your fucking ass off. Like the beast is inside of the cage. That's the man. I'm the man because I can kick someone, anybody's fucking ass. Let's put it that way, right? Or be the man could be also in this mysterious power-seeking opportunity that men seek and which is becoming a womanizer, right? I can seduce so many women and I can be with so many women and so therefore I'm the motherfucking man. I'm the motherfucking man presents himself in different fucking shapes. The womanizer, the the worshiper of money, the the fighter in the ring and uh and it, it just you have seen it most of your life. I think you were sharing this morning to me that you have libraries of DVDs and books and notes uh, like and motivational events that you've attended all along to come and arrive and one single thing at the end of the day is I'm enough and I got to fight for this motherfucker to be enough tomorrow and I'm the man because I love my fucking family relentlessly and I will fucking lead myself and my family to where we are going because I know exactly where we're going. Now, that's a man. So talk to me about how many years you were searching just for this simple definition. And now that you have it, like, what's life like? Yeah, I mean, I'd say I've been searching for it. <laughs> you know, it's it's really hard to even put a number on it, but at least a couple decades. You know, and the searching can vary, right? Because you begin to start to believe all the, the shit that's getting fed to you. You start to believe this is the answer, that's the answer, this book has the answer, that, again, seminar. And while some of those things have value, what I, what I found myself was, uh, you know, just a closet full of things, more information to consume, more content to just consume that I could not apply, that I didn't know how it actually applied to my life. You know, I didn't lead their life. I, I led my life. And so that was a long process. Now, shifting forward in my warrior experience, when I started to get clear on me, when I started to feel that power in me and taking full responsibility for the, the screw-ups that I made um, and the things that, that weren't great about me, yeah. but being willing to do the work, well, it was a, it was a big frame shift of um, I, don't, I don't really need a lot. I mean, what's crazy is there's plenty here. Yes. You know, there's plenty here. I don't need that. And I'll, again, some of those things aren't, aren't I'm not saying they're, they're bad, but if I constantly was looking outside of myself for all the answers, then I had no shot. Yes. It was right back to the same conversation with Drake. I mean, you know, I was looking elsewhere for someone to solve this problem. And the same thing happens whether it's in business or, like again, body, being, balance, and business. In any area, if I look for somebody to solve the problem for me, um, some living person to solve the problem for me, I'm going to be disappointed. 
because they can never serve it in the uh, you know the way that I'm going to do it myself. You know, it, it reminds me of uh, the documentary by Tony Robbins, "I Am Not Your Guru," and that's exactly the fucking message that Tony 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 shares. And he's like, like you have all the answers, you but you gotta go to fucking war to seek the fucking answer. And you went on a fucking war for two years. You're sitting here today with the power of clarity and the power of purpose and the power of, what do we found today? The power of truth. The power of truth. So you're sitting, like this was this morning's training, and so you're sitting here like holding this shit in your hand, man. It's, It's how many men are out there that wish they had the clarity and knew what their purpose was in life and they feel that they're living the truth, like simply living the truth, not on facts, not what happens, but what they make out of those happening, which becomes the truth. And from that place, once you hold the truth in your hand, you begin the process of being the transformer, the healer, the person that actually takes the truth and shares it and gives it away so that the other person can benefit from the truth. And that's exactly what you've done with your son. You've experienced the truth and you've passed it on to him. Absolutely. And what a beautiful experience to look back and see what you've done because there was nobody else is going to fucking hold your goddamn fucking hand in the night. In the night, in this fucking dark place, cold, you shall not ask for a fucking hand. You don't need anyone to fucking hold your hand. I don't need anyone to hold my fucking hand. The night will be long, but you're going to chase the motherfucking sunset. Absolutely. You're going to chase the sunrise. Relentlessly, you're going to chase that sunrise. Yeah, and you triggered in me just thinking of a conversation about uh, over the holidays yeah. of Drake sitting at the kitchen table, and I said to him... Uh, and this just just hit me yeah. as you're going through yeah. that, Sam. Is, and, and I said, I looked him straight in the face. You know, it was the first holiday in a long time where there was any sense of peace. Shit. Because it was always, you know, you can imagine the chaos. Yeah. I mean, I've spent New Year's Eves on, on, on airplanes going to rehabs, you know, trying to make it home before midnight to do some bullshit fake toast with my wife like we were cheering another year of shit. Yes, you know, but we we tried to play the part. Um, but we sat at that kitchen table, and when we sat there, I looked him right in the face, and I was like, "What can I do for you? What can I do for you right now?" And he, without stumbling, he looked right back at me, and said, "I just need you to lead. Shit. I just need you to lead me, and teach me what to do." Shit. And I, I you know, kind of. Took me took me back a minute because it, it was everything that I've been working for, and certified trainer Warrior Week twenty seven thirty nine. Yeah. It was like if I never did another thing around it all, it prepared me right there for that moment because without the uh, the background of that and putting in the work, I, I would never be in. A, and when he says that, right, it, I didn't feel intimidated, I didn't feel burdened. No, I was like, all right, I can do that. I've no. been wanting to do that all my fucking life. I've been trying to do that, and here we are. 
So the game is on, motherfucker. Yep, here we are. The game is on. And knowing, knowing that this extends beyond him, beyond beyond his little brothers, um, and and I can see myself now. I can see the possibility of me as an older man with grandkids on my knee knowing that if they're men or they're boys that Drake or Braden or Gage is actually going to be leading them in a way yes. to pass this along to where they don't have to go into the depth of the pit that I had to go. It's true. And when you talk about legacy, that's exactly what it is. Most people who attach legacy to a financial legacy. What you will leave behind is your leadership, period. Not nothing else. Everything else is gone. Everything. This this world will take everything. You will be left. The only thing that will be left is your leadership. The smell of it. The 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 way you led your son. And how he's going to adopt this. Like a fucking general leading a legion of fucking men. Specifically his kids. But it's going to smell like you. It's going to feel like you. Your presence is going to be felt energetically. Although you may be gone way, way for many years. You will live through your leadership that you will live behind. And I've seen that through my father. I've seen that through my grandfather. And I've seen that through the men that come here and, and shift. Once the shift takes place, like everybody shifts. Over and over there is father and son stories. Your story is pretty fucking unique because I was really involved in this whole process with you feeling the pain and him coming in here and him sharing his pain on his side and his worry week and his experience and what he's seen on the other side. And I can really like put all the pieces together and, and see that he's in such a good fucking place right now, which is exactly where he needs to be. And let him be. Let him be because you're leading him. And he'll feel, he'll follow. He, he'll follow. There is no, there is no, nah, he'll follow. He's committed to fucking follow. Yeah, and I think I can even feel that in my house. I can feel that in my house just in general of, the security, right? Everybody wants security. They want stability. They they just want to know, particularly the queen. You know, she doesn't want your fucking money, most of them. She doesn't want any of that. She just wants to know that you're going to actually show up. She just wants you to be the man. Again, we talked about being the man. And when I do that, when I show up in my house that way, and I watch how everyone else responds, it's totally different. And showing up, let's let's fucking define that so that we're very specific. Showing up means pay attention to your fucking wife. Like realistically, pay attention to fucking details. Pay attention to her conversation. Pay attention to what she wants to talk about. Then don't fucking pretend. Go all in in those conversations and actually enjoy. Don't be a fucking pretender. Feel the joy of the gift that God has given you. This woman, your wife, and the kids. Because if you just don't feel this joy, then you'll be left with moments of happiness. 
but they come and go. And pain can overseize happiness very easily. But pain has a lot of difficulty fighting against joy. And when a man finds joy like yourself, there's not much room for pain to come and paralyze you. So finding joy has always been the, the purpose of this whole thing. So that when you look at yourself in the mirror, you say, I'm enough, is because there's feelings of joy now floating. And when you carry that smell, when you carry that joy in your home, you can actually enjoy the fruits. Being the man. Not that fucking complicated, isn't it? It's not that complicated. It just takes work. It takes work. And it takes courage to feel and accept the pain. And if you're a man sitting and watching still this show, I can guarantee you that there is a pain inside of you. There is a pain inside of you that has not been processed. And what if, just what if, this pain could be processed? What life could be? Just like Dr. Buffington, for over 30 years, this pain has been ignored. I mean, it has not been thought about. It's just been forgotten, but it's an existing pain. It is something that he carried for 30 years. And by accessing the pain and releasing that, he found the power on the other side that he could have not found alone or operating alone under the story and the assumption that he doesn't have pain. All of us have pain. We get to know each other through knowing each other's pain. I know Dr. Buffington and I trust Dr. Buffington because I know your pain. You trust me and you know me because you know my pain. There is nothing hiding here. We don't hide our pains. And so if you are the guy that wants to experience this, warriorweek.com is a place for you to come and experience this. You will not learn this in a book. You will not feel what I just said here in a conversations of videos or audios or anything else. Warriorweek.com, apply and make the move. Or else continue to listen to these podcasts and the message until something resonates inside of your heart and shifts you. You can find the details of this podcast at worryweeknow.com along with pictures, audios, and videos about other topics and other shows that we have. But more importantly and above all, if anything has resonated inside of your heart in this conversation between me and Dr. Buffington, as we heard about Dr. Buffington's pain, as we heard about Dr. Buffington's joy, and as we shared this experience of facts and truths and the happenings between them, if anything has resonated with you, simply forward it to a person, a man, that you know could benefit from this. Forward the podcast, ask them to subscribe, ask them to listen to the shit. Do this if you felt this by passing it forward. Dr. Buffington, I want to thank you very much for being here the whole day, specifically tonight, recording this podcast. And we went to some beautiful place, man, in, in, this, uh, in this dark room. Yeah, it's a great reminder to me uh, is what the work will allow and what it's done for me and my family. And uh, every time I would do anything like this, it just it anchors that down even deeper as to why I'll get up tomorrow and do the fucking work. 
For sure. And we'll look forward to receiving you and your son here in the next episode a couple of weeks from now. Uh, if you want to learn more about uh, Dr. Buffington, you can find him at lbuffington.com. <laughs> lbuffington.com. <laughs> you will learn more about Dr. <laughs> Dr. Buffington. Gentlemen, have yourself a fantastic night.